Welcome to Mind the Resilience podcast. In this episode, I sat down with Manish, an expert in mentoring and IT resiliency to discuss some key topics related to these fields. We first delved into the world of mentoring, discussing the qualities that make a good mentor and how to establish a strong relationship with mentees. We also talked about common challenges that arise in mentor-mentee relationships and how to overcome them. For those seeking a mentor or looking to make the most out of their mentorship experience, we shared some valuable advice. In the second half of the episode, we shifted our focus to IT resiliency. Manish explained the importance of IT resiliency for businesses and the common challenges organizations face when implementing resiliency solutions. We also discussed how to approach building an IT resiliency plan and prioritize systems and applications for resiliency. Additionally, we touched upon some emerging trends in IT resiliency and how to balance the cost with potential risks. So join us for this episode where we discuss a variety of interesting and informative topics. Hello Manish, welcome to Mind the Resilience podcast. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing good Ramki. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast and uh, I'm all excited. Manish if you can please introduce yourself um and also anything interesting you want to share apart from your uh, professional work to our audience sure so hello everyone my name is manish sharma uh, i come from it obviously uh, with 25 years of experience uh, spread across techno and also a bit of management roles over the last uh, maybe like 17 years uh, since i've been you know uh, more on the management side of things but uh, i have always been connected to technology uh, i have primarily specialized in networks uh, network security cyber security a uh, bit of uh, performance engineering you know throughout the stack uh, from the applicative down to the networking uh, layer and uh, outside of work i am very passionate about music i've been i'm a student of uh, hindustani classical last 5 and a half years now and uh, you know it's it's my passion outside of work i wanted to uh, split this podcast into two parts uh, the first conversations that i want to have with you is on the mentoring my second part of the conversations uh, with you will be revolving around the it resiliency and um, you know uh, what is that that you think uh, know that we have to do about in the it resiliency world is it okay absolutely fine thank you in your experience what qualities do you think are the most important for a good mentor to have and how do you typically go about establishing a relationship with your mentees are there any specific strategies or tactics that you use um, to have this relationship in place um well a uh, strategy and tactics is like kind of a little bit of a you know a complicated word uh, when it comes to mentoring in my opinion uh, what i really focus on are the very basic fundamentals okay which counts between uh, when two human beings react uh, interact with each other and the most important uh, factor is that you know over a period of time because a mentor mentee relationship is uh, not something that happens overnight it is built over a period of time so the very important uh, starting point uh, you know for a mentor uh, you know is more about uh, how i display the empathy initially mm. you know 
to break the ice to be able to connect you know to the mm. mentee and i think that the first maybe a month or two months are the most the most crucial part of a mentor mentee uh, relationship so i would say that you know uh, and when i say empathy means you know you have to put yourself uh, the mentor has to put himself uh, into the mentee shoes and uh, try to understand what is it that the mentee is seeking to extract you know from the mentor why is he even here you know sitting with the mentor so that's the first point empathy i think uh, as i said earlier it is also about a long term commitment so a mentor has to be absolutely ready you know for in my opinion at least a year long uh, commitment to start with to be able to force that relationship to be able to come to a point that a mentee you know and a mentor they start trusting each other to the extent that you know the relationship goes beyond professional uh, you know domain sometimes mm-hmm. i have even mentored people on or even i have you know kind of uh, uh, you know voiced my uh, my personal you know on the personal front my po- my personal comments you know on mm-hmm. uh, to the mentee so it goes beyond the professional relationship so that is you know a long term commitment is required which is Very the second good. point yeah and uh, last but not the least is uh, nobody knows at the start of a mentor mentee journey you know that mm. what is the destination the mentee is also not very clear right so he might come with enter into a relationship with some points that he is lo- he is looking to extricate you know extract from a mentor or vice versa mm. uh, but for a mentor uh, the focus should always be on the process rather than the mm. end of the process so the focus on the journey and not on the destination because a lot of things are not are undetermined you know mm. and as the uh, journey unfolds thus both the mentee and mentor recalibrate their uh, journey right so i think it is a it is kind of an iterative step and the mentor has to be absolutely ready and bear this in mind that nothing is going to be fixed you know when you start mm. a journey and it is the journey itself that is more important than the destination so i would say that these three points are very important you know for a mentor uh, to have uh, before mm. before he becomes a coach or a mentor for anyone absolutely manish i completely agree those are all very very valid points and uh, those three key elements are the ones which i think are the basis for to have a good mentor mentee relationship so our audience whomsoever is hearing will have you know will take away a lot of uh, important information it's it's about having the good relationship what is that extent of relationship that we wanted to have and the long term goals that one can have set up like you mentioned like you know uh, which is very valid uh, point as well very good points manish so i want to move forward and ask you some some relevant uh, you know in line with the same uh, uh, questions what are the some challenges that you have seen in a mentor mentee relationship and how do you work through them are there any particularly difficult situations that you have encountered and uh, you have overcome in you know in a certain amount of time are there anything that you can quote uh, from your examples hmm okay so uh, number one on that is that uh, the consistency most of the people hmm. just drop out okay either the hmm. mentor drops out or the mentee drops out so a long term commitment again which which is what i mentioned in my first point uh is a challenge there are sometimes i've seen that there are no regular interactions as a mentor i insist Correct. you know if i enter into a formal mentoring session with somebody who mm. wants to be mentored by me or if i am a mentee with somebody 
i would insist on a regular you know touch base Achha. so that's the most important thing which i feel most of the time in a mentor mentee uh, situation gets ignored the other point that i have seen uh, as a challenge is that most of the times uh, most of the times maybe like 70% of the times there is lack of interest or commitment after some time so after mm. one month or two month you know people the steam is lost you know people begin to lose mm. the steam and then uh the whole thing comes to a grinding halt and hmm. then there is no and once it comes to a halt it believe me it is very difficult to start from where you left it right because if hmm. you want to start then you need a recommitment you need a reinitialization of the uh, you know of the whole effort and you know it takes a lot of uh, doing uh, after you know the first couple of months uh, uh, turn out to be a damp skip so that's the second challenge yeah. that i have seen and the third challenge that i have seen is that most of the time people enter into a mentor mostly hmm. enters into this effort uh, with a unilateral thought process you know but what we have to understand is that a mentor mentee uh, effort is more of a bipartisan relationship where both the parties hmm. equally contribute and uh, after some time you know the mentor becomes a kind of a uh, a load you know to the mentee <laughs> because all the time you know the mentee is not getting what he is seeking he is only getting yeah. sermons right so that is something which is uh, definitely a challenge from the mentor side also so not all yeah. challenges are from the mentee it is sure. a bipartisan relationship both of them contribute and for this to work both have to come together on the same page and mm. uh, you know which takes us back to the first question that you asked from yeah exactly let's turn the table uh, manish for people who are looking for a mentor what advice do you have and um, are there any tips for finding the right mentor and building a strong relationship with them because one thing is being mentored but the first thing is to approach and seek help and uh, you know uh, understanding what exactly you want and identifying the right mentor as well right so in your opinion how do the process go in finding a mentor and uh, what advice that you can give them to find out within themselves what they are seeking for and how they go about finding the mentor hmm so that's an excellent question ramki uh, um the way i would like to answer that question is that uh, before before you know a mentor and a mentee formally engage on hmm. an effort the the need most of the times is actually driven from the mentee okay hmm. which when i say that i mean that first the mentee needs to understand why does he even need the mentoring what are the points that you know he wants to that he is struggling with that he needs somebody i look at mentor more as a guru you know somebody who dispels yeah. the darkness for the mentee right so and in the process of doing so the mentor also kinds of gains the wisdom and walks away from the effort a wiser man that is definitely true for the mentor but the story starts with the mentee okay so the mentee has to first identify why does he even need Uh, yeah. a mentor right so that's the first step uh, into the process the second thing is that once i know as a mentee that i need a mentor right i need to reflect on what is the person what is the type of a person that i want as a mentor and most of the times in my experience a mentee would have already chosen subconsciously a mentor correct right so he knows he knows that look he is inspired by somebody right mm. and then he looks at uh, you know probably these are the improvement areas and i have seen this person right maybe i need to connect with him so that is where the need to have a mentor mm. is born 
and that is mm. where the identification of the mentor also happens subconsciously mm. right mm. but when a person reflects on what is that per- particular person that you want to be your mentor the mm. thought takes him back to that oh this is the guy that i want him to be the mentor so it's a process that starts much much early before a formal engagement with a mentor right mm. and then sure. the 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 most important aspect uh, in in uh, uh, you know people who are seeking a mentor is that the first interaction the first mm. interaction with the mentor and the with, between the mentor and the mentee has to be with the right perspective and at the right time mm. when the time is right for a mentor and mentee to get together i think the mm. timing is very very important plays a very crucial role in mm. the sustainability and the productivity of of this relationship so mm. this is the third factor and last but not the least you know uh, people who are looking for a mentor there is absolutely a non negotiable they have to be mm. devoted to the effort true they have to be devoted to the mentor yeah so it is like a you know a, a unquestioned relationship there shouldn't be mm. any doubts because if a, if i enter as a mentee into, uh, you know with a mentor in an effort mm. if i mm. doubt my mentor then i am no, in no way going to benefit from it. yeah so i have to have complete devotion mm. to this effort that is the fourth yeah. uh, you know uh, advice that i would like to give to people who are looking for a mentor sure 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 manisha uh, all valid points let's move on um as a mentor how do you continue to learn and grow yourself are there any specific strategies or practices you say you know you use on your day to day basis to stay up to date on the latest trend and best practices it's first being a mentor that is the first one but how do you yourself motivate the other people as well to get or to give the information and you know so that the mentee can get the information as well what are all the inputs that you take as a person to be a good mentor manish so that is a part of the learning aspect for the mentor mm. uh, and there are actually two questions i'll attempt to answer the first part of that question which is like uh, what is it that i make out you know what is sure. it that i take away from a mentor mentee relationship so number one mentorship gives access to people of diverse backgrounds people who have diverse varied dimensions okay varied uh, issues varied reasons why they are even seeking a mentor right so that is right. something that allows me and gives me the insights on what all problems people face hmm. you know in their professional lives and to a certain extent in their personal lives uh, that requires them to seek a mentor and that in itself is an enriching experience for the mentor because as a mentor i may probably not be even not be haven have witnessed you know anything like what my yeah. my mentee is here for a reason right i don't even know the the background behind that reason so that is a learning opportunity for the mentor second i think it allows a mentor to reflect on the, during the course of the mentorship right mm-hmm. it allows the mentor to reflect on the soundness of his or her is or her own past deeds or actions that that person took Excellent. given a certain situation yes right? so i may have taken a certain decision but when a mentee is relating the similar situation to me right and mm-hmm. when i reflect back on oh you know what i was also in a similar situation and this is what i did but yeah. in the mentee's context that may not be the right decision right correct so it there is a take away for the mentor that to unlearn some of the past mm-hmm. things that he did right based on the interactions with the mentee so that is uh, that is how a mentor you know continues to learn and grow mm-hmm. also i feel that 
it enhances one's emotional quotient you know yes, uh, or an emotional intelligence of a person because okay. it gives number one you know the very prerequisite is to be patient to, to listen to a mentee right so yeah. which means that i have to as a mentor i have to set aside my emotions and i have to be very very objective at least in yeah. the listening part because yeah. if i am not objective then i am in no way empathetic to the uh, to the True. mentee so which it's very important that yeah which connects to the first point that you know you Emp- have to be empathetic being empathetic yeah yes absolutely and i think it also enhances one's mental toolbox hmm to the first point which i said right that was just one example by creating new thoughts and experiences hmm because i am not entering as a mentor in a relationship based only surely on my past experiences right i am entering with my capability as a human being and as a mentor into hmm. a relationship with a mentee and through that hmm. process okay i am myself creating new thoughts and new experiences hmm so that is enriching my my life experience as well i am also gaining equally if not more than the mentee uh, so that is something you know what i i think ramki would uh, definitely continue uh, to add hmm. to a mentors repository of experiential learning as a part of this effort beautiful points manish well done so my final uh, question to you on the mentorship uh, topic is that for someone who is interested in becoming becoming a mentor themselves right like me <laughs> so what advice would you give them and what are the some of the things to keep in mind when starting out as a mentor okay uh, very good question uh, i would say that again i would revisit the first point which i said that it is a firm commitment as a mentor mm-hmm. so if you are not willing to set aside the time to spend with your team or with your you know assigned mm-hmm. mentor because mentorship can happen in passive ways and in active ways right so but nonetheless whatever whatever way it is it requires a firm commitment and which means that it requires time right so it requires mm-hmm. time to take out of your schedule professionally personally to be able to mentor a person that's the first important thing the other one point is that uh, as a mentor you should be ready to accept that you mm. don't know the answers to everything okay <laughs> which means that you should be willing to you you should be willing to tell your mentee that you are yeah. as vulnerable as he is in certain aspects exactly right so you should be open to ad, to admit that yes you are a human being you are vulnerable yeah. you don't know the answer but but yes at the same time you have the wisdom Mm. right to to if not definitively but mm. you know uh, through a through your past wisdom okay yeah. be able to guide yourself or the mentee depending upon you know the situation uh, you know out of a certain uh, you know problem right you know what Correct. if i don't know the answer i don't know the answer but exactly i know that the way that i have to seek right i have the wisdom to seek the path exactly so you should be willing to accept that you don't know the answer that's the second point and last but not the least again uh, will be that uh, you have to be willing to learn from your experience with your mentee which mm-hmm. is very important because if you don't learn from your mentee i am just repeating as a mentor what i have learned from my past my mental toolbox is static i am okay. not adding new tools to it so this is a very important aspect because most of the people uh, as human beings we have a tendency to 
stick to you know what uh, my experience tells me so this is a kind of a bias that we you know nourish or yeah. nurture you know yeah. through throughout our lives you know like we have a affinity bias like i have made my opinion so you should be willing mm. to to cross mm. and you know transcend those biases i think that's the third that's important true. aspect and you know that a mentor should should have if you are if you are interested in becoming a mentor to anyone great conversation manish i think um, i'm sure the audience are going to love it all these points that you have mentioned about the mentorship um i think uh, all these are valid points and uh, uh, being a mentor yourself and being a mentee i think we had a great conversation about how can one be a mentor how to be a one be, be a mentor as well as being a mentee what are the challenges that we face and what are the expectations that as a mentee should have with a mentor so excellent conversation manish well done and uh, thank you um so let's go to the next second part of our topic uh which uh, you know this podcast is all about on the it resiliency or resiliency in general um your past experiences in uh, resiliency has been phenomenal so i want to begin our conversation with what does it resiliency mean to you and why is it so important to the business to have and and what are the some of the challenges that the organization face when implementing an it resiliency solution and how can they overcome it manish like um, are there any tips tricks that you wanted to give you know uh, in this space to everyone okay so there are two two questions here uh, so the first part of your question what is it resiliency in my opinion okay mm-hmm. i will first attempt to answer that question uh, and in fact the answer to that question lies in the question itself so <laughs> when you said that why it is important for the business mm-hmm. because the business is the lifeline of every company and mm-hmm. today it resiliency is a business critical imperative there mm-hmm. is no business without it okay so if you have to have business resiliency you need to have it resiliency there is absolutely no doubt about that and no two ways about it and i think that no it resiliency means inability to do business in testing times or even inability to do business at all right hmm. so that is why it makes it very very critical and especially today you know it has become the business today i remember when i started my career in 97 okay hmm. people used to say that it is a business enabler well today mm-hmm. it is the business okay <laughs> and uh, business products are designed you know around it Correct. it helps business design their products mm. right so if you look at market data if you look at electronic trading there are algorithms that are today running which is mm. because of it mm. which is contributing to the business and it has become a critical success factor for the business so that's the, IT, that's the first yeah if it fails business fails right so that is what you are trying to say here yes and today you look at crypto you look at blockchain mm. you look at the cloud yes. i mean that has become the business right i mean blockchain is an integral part of banks right mm. crypto is an integral part of any every security aspect right True. cloud is an integral part of whether it is a company which wants to promulgate its internal cloud or whether it is somebody mm. who wants to move to external mm. cloud service providers but it is it is the business today without it there is no business Hmm. so that is why i that is what it resiliency is and that is why it is critical it resiliency is business itself is business hmm. resiliency itself and without it resiliency there is no business and hence it is very important to the business on the second aspect of the question 
uh, Ramki, which was more around the common challenges that organizations face, you know, which yeah. around resiliency solutions. Hmm. Uh, I think uh, to answer it in a nutshell, it is the ability of an organization to transform as times change, hmm. technologies change, new technologies evolve, right? So businesses hmm. have to evolve to our first point. Hmm. Technology is business. So if technology changes, the nature of the business changes, right? Hmm. But if the business processes, right, have been cobbled together around legacy and disjoint IT systems and disjoint business processes, right? Uh, and that could be because of multiple reasons. It could be because, hmm. you know, a company merged into some company and, you know, two disparate companies came together or a company hmm. acquired another company or there are internal IT silos. You know, people are not looking at IT holistically. Or there are too many obsolete technologies in a company, right? Or hmm. the processes itself are bureaucratic, hmm. right? So hmm. that will affect the nimbleness of the IT and hence it will affect the nimbleness of the business, right? So I think these hmm. are some of the common challenges in a nutshell that organizations face today uh, hmm. when it comes to IT resiliency. I Perfect. hope I have answered your question. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Bang on target, uh, Manish. So my, my follow-up question will you, to you will be is that how do you typically approach building an IT resiliency uh, plan for a company? Are there any key steps or considerations that you always take into account when building the IT resiliency in place? Right. So that is a very wide, the answer to that question is very wide, but I'll try to summarize it and condense my answer yeah. for the sake of brevity. So uh, the very important factor uh, when to build an IT resiliency plan is to start mm. with the business. Mm. So IT resiliency starts with business continuity. Okay. And mm. it's not the other way around. A lot of people mm. think that, you know, IT resiliency is the resiliency, right? But at the end of the day, it is the business and it is the, it is all interwoven together like a closed knit fabric, right? But it has to start with business. So mm. in order for my business to be resilient, what are all the IT related aspects that have to become resilient, right? Mm. And when it comes to the IT aspect, so I will I will kind of, you know, uh, move more towards the IT side and leave the business aspect from this point on. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. On the IT side of things, let us start with higher up the stack, which is like, you mm. know, the business processes themselves or the yes. businesses themselves translate into business processes, which translate into IT applications, right? And the IT applications put further, it's like a pyramid, right? So yep. if I was to look at the IT aspect, the applications and the business processes are at the top. And then mm -hmm. as you move down, you see the different stacks and at the very bottom, you will see the cloud or the IT infra, right? Yeah. So you start from the top and then you mm -hmm. go into the bottom. That would, that should be the approach to building for building an IT resiliency plan, which means sure. that we have to start with identifying which business processes are vital. For your business Great. to survive. We and call it as a BIA. Yeah, BIA, yeah. business impact analysis and risk assessment is what we have to do first, right, Manish? Yes. So that would mm. that, that would be the end, but the means mm. would be to first identify which exactly. businesses are critical and you know yeah. what are the critical and vital BIAs, Ramki, to your point, and mm. what are my you know uh, vital business processes that require IT to be resilient. Correct. And the last point here, which I feel is very, very important, right? Because nothing should be led to subjectivity in an IT resiliency Correct. plan. Everything should be planned down to the wire, which means that the approach that any organization takes towards building an IT resiliency plan has to hmm. be a run book based. Hmm. Approach. It has to be 
documented down to the wire so your mm. it resiliency plan in terms of the what and how and what are the stakeholders and the crisis management team and you know the technical details of uh, who will what is the raci around mm. your business continuity right that mm. has to mm. be penned down and it has to be tested mm. regularly right mm. and in the testing it has to be a risk based approach which means that if some areas don't work as intended right mm. then i need to reevaluate the risk of that not working and i need to go back to the drawing board and enhance my uh, continuity plan and retest so it has mm. to be a iterative approach and at the same time it has to be a run book based approach like you always quote it should be like a machine right <laughs> so yes, uh, it should be the, yes. the, it should be like a machine and uh, everything should work in a structured way so that uh, it it goes smoothly and everything should be documented well enough so that we can refer it during the actual disasters well done manish yes super yes um, because disasters impact thousands of people and you know for thousands of people to work in tandem in a disaster crisis scenario you need to have a run book based approach true true so i'm going to post you a couple of more uh, questions uh, so that you know uh, maybe we can take this conversation forward um are there any emerging trends or technologies in it resiliency that you particularly excited about um and why do you think they have the potential to make a big impact that is my first question manish and, and the follow up will be like how can we balance the cost of the it resiliency it resiliency solutions with the risk of system downtime how do you approach is balancing act and are there any strategies you have found that to be particularly effective considering that the cost overshoot is somewhat which is at the board level they wanted to bring it you know at any cost so what are your thoughts about these two points one is the emerging trends and the cost of it resiliency it resiliency solutions okay that's again a very interesting and a good question ramki thank you for asking that to me <laughs> uh, so on the emerging trend i would say the biggest uh, factor that has come in with a bank okay Mm-hmm. has been the cloud over the last 8 or 9 years because it abstracts away the mm-hmm. the so called you know tech infra aspects of uh, uh you know it away from the business uh, application teams and as a result with the business processes yeah. and uh, that is a game changer because uh, i remember when we started you know everything was like you know manual so people would mm-hmm. actually go into a prod site and disable their prod site and you know bring up their yeah. dr site and ensure that you know the business processes are correctly tested you know at the dr site and then they again you know swing it back fail back fail over right but cloud just mm-hmm. takes it away from totally you know abstracts it away because in a cloud mm-hmm. everything is the bottom is abstracted mm-hmm. away from the top Mm. so as a top user as a business mm. user i don't really care about what exists at the bottom right and at mm. the bottom everything is api driven everything is mm. orchestrated right so for mm. me right i just have to my the my command as a business user right or my wish as a business user is the command for the cloud right so <laughs> the application owner's wish is the it infrastructure's command right so <laughs> cloud has enabled that and i think that's a game changer and uh, mm. there are no such emerging trends i would say that you know it has been there for a while i think within mm. the cloud itself there are technologies that mm. are new technologies that are coming in uh, for example you know people are moving their business processes themselves you know to the cloud mm. you know to the external mm. cloud because of co location needs right so today mm. a lot of fintech service providers are there on the mm. cloud and businesses yeah. want 
you know to leverage their services uh, mm-hmm. because again because of it enabled you know businesses so mm-hmm. a lot of things are moving to the cloud right there is a mm-hmm. implicit demand to move to the cloud and the cloud by itself gives you all mm-hmm. the tools and exactly. you know the tricks of the trade to be resilient mm-hmm. by nature by its mm-hmm. very fundamental nature and i think right. that's the most important emerging trend rest everything i think there are a lot of products a myriad yeah. of products that are coming into orchestrate but those right. have been there for a while uh, mm. it's just that the way they are being consumed is changing but i think yeah. today cloud is the game changer yeah exactly I, you you said a valid point there are many products that are coming in but i think it's more crowded on the cloud itself like you know how can i move a vm or, or uh, you know maybe uh, as a service that i can provide or you know i can orchestrate the uh, the the run books that i have so these are the things that is coming up as you said the cloud is a game changer and all these other softwares that is coming and picking it up they're all the addendum to the cloud and trying to build you know maybe few minutes of saving times during our rto and rpos i think that's it i mean very valid points and i think uh, people if they can concentrate on cloud themselves and then have a resiliency solution around it i think most of the businesses requirements uh, in in having a good it resiliency in place can be taken yes. care of yeah good yes, point yes. Uh, manish and okay. uh, on your second mm-hmm. question which was on the cost uh, ramki yes. i'll just take mm-hmm. a minute to respond to that sure. so uh, the journey starts very early okay so uh, in my opinion how to balance the cost of it resiliency you know vis a vis you know with the business uh, continuity requirements is a delicate balance obviously every mm-hmm. company would like to you know extract the maximum you know given a little, mm-hmm. given some amount of investment right so again from a business resiliency perspective Uh, i would suggest that you know we go back to the drawing board points that we have discussed before first identify what the business critical processes are and yeah. then formulate your it service offerings around that correct right mm. cloud definitely aids toward that but the basic philosophy is that when i devise my my it service offerings right mm. i should be very clear in terms mm. of what my it service would do for mm. a given you know business application if a business applications mandate is to be resilient does my mm. it service allow it to be resilient by nature by its mm. very fundamental nature or there might be service uh, you know service designs in on the it side on the technology side which is not resilient by design because the nature of the uh, business itself you know mm. there is a risk appetite towards it so not True. every business process needs to be you know uh, resilient by design so the ones True. which for which there is a risk tolerance a little bit of cost saving is definitely good but for the mm. ones which are uh, you know mission critical those are the ones that need to go with the resilient it and mm. uh, i think this differentiation you know mm. putting a framework to be able to differentiate between the two mm. is is uh, is the is the way to go good points yeah i agree okay um moving on to on to the same topics like how do you train and educate the staff members within the organizations to ensure that there are uh, they are aware of the it resiliency plans manish and what to do uh, how can you train them on you know in case of an it emergency how do they respond to it and are there any best practices and tips that you recommend having this education and system in place for the staff members to respond to any it incidents or disasters okay so that would depend upon the type of the it service and uh, mm. if i look at the plan build 
deploy and operate service model you know on as per the mm-hmm. ITIL framework i would say a lot goes back to the plan and the build aspect of things right the way mm-hmm. your it services are planned and built right mm-hmm. so if you build your uh, it services in a resilient manner obviously you know your staff mm-hmm. i mean it's not that an individual is doing that right the whole team Correct. is doing it so the whole team yeah. knows that my it service is resilient because it is built in this way mm-hmm. and in order to be able to exploit uh, you know the service to uh, you know during any resiliency times of need right mm-hmm. the staff would know so i think there are two aspects to it one is mm-hmm. the way the service is designed and operated that itself gives an implicit knowledge you know to the staff uh, mm-hmm. about the service design and the exactly. other one is that during an during an actual crisis during crisis. an actual you know actual crisis so that again is a run book approach run run book based approach which we discussed earlier right so yeah. there needs to be regular training sessions there needs to be regular mock drills there needs to be regular yeah. just the way we have fire drills we need to have regular it drills yeah. you know tabletop yeah. exercises simulation exercises yes. uh, regular connects with the business continuity team you know mm. regular internal team connects uh, mm. to uh, to highlight the importance of you know uh, being able to react on time you know so mm. building a resilient infra is one thing but being mm-hmm. able to leverage it at times of need is another thing and that in my opinion has to be a run based up uh, run book based approach good training good awareness regular interactions mm-hmm. regular table top exercises and simulation exercises true and and to give add to whatever you have said manish having the right set of training materials as well like um, you know ensuring that the people are aware of where the documents are and uh, keeping them uh, updated about those technical procedures so that it's not more about the people who's doing it it's about the process of it again process. we go back to the same yes. uh, we go back to the same thing having the good procedures in place and you know tying back to same thing so it's about having a good procedures and plans in place and having them updated very regularly and then ensuring that those are accessible during the actual crisis is very important uh, in my opinion so well done Absolutely. Uh, to you manish yeah okay my last question to you on the it resiliency is that like can you share some success story of a company uh, that have implemented a good it resiliency measures in your uh, you know engagements and how it has positively impacted their business manish okay so there was this two again i would uh, revisit the the four step methodology that i said you know a plan build design and operate plan build mm-hmm. uh, plan design build and operate right so uh, i can share with you in one of the companies that i worked earlier <clears throat> mm-hmm. the planning and the design of the it service was meticulously done which means that mm-hmm. they were resilient by design okay mm-hmm. so that was the first thing so i can cite to you examples around say business partner con- continuity or uh, uh, business partner connectivity uh, mm-hmm. or even application load balancing right so some of the network yeah. services that we built were resilient by design so that was Correct. the first aspect right mm-hmm. the second aspect was the actual deployment of the applications on the it infra for the services you know the the two services that i just said how they can be consumed by the application mm-hmm. so there was a uh, kind of a very uh, detailed okay mm. very detailed and a rigid framework that if you have to deploy or you have to get a new business partner on board it okay mm. this is how you do it and there is no mm. negotiation around it okay True. now if i follow that methodology and again i go back to that triaging part right so mm. what is your business requirement does your business partner connectivity require you to be resilient 
yes hmm. if it requires you to be resilient then here is the service that i have hmm. right so i will minimum connect you to two data centers okay hmm. i will ensure that across the data centers the switch over is automatic and hmm. i will ensure that ensure that the business partner if it is hmm. from the business partner into you or from you to hmm. the business partner the connectivity will be seamless and if there is a break between the two data centers you know you will not even see the impact so that was hmm. the you know there are two aspects to it one is how i design my service one hmm. is how i put a framework for applications hmm. to consume my service right hmm. and then there is the other aspect that if the service uh, by itself is non resilient right then my framework hmm. needs to ensure that only non resilient non critical business apps could be deployed on that for cost reasons for the reasons True. that you know we just discussed about it a couple of questions back well done i think manish we have we had an excellent conversation to summarize right we we started with what is it resiliency and then we went about what are the challenges and we also talked about the emerging trends and how one can build and actually we have uh, concluded with you giving a great explanation of how exactly an ideal it resiliency solution can be in place with your own experiences i think there's a lot of takeaway here for our audience um and uh, i believe there is a lot of uh, you know people are going to you know hear back to this and then if they can implement these in their own uh, businesses i'm sure they will have a much more robust resiliency in place compared to you know maybe a less mature in their organizations so thank you manish and uh, you know uh, well done and all your points and with that we have come to the end of our uh, podcast uh, manish so thank you again and before i conclude if someone wants to get in touch with you um, you know uh, want to have a conversation with you what is the best way to connect with you uh, and my last question is that is there anything else that you wanted to give my audience some knowledge before we end the show um uh, no i would stop sermonizing now so no other extra <laughs> points from me i have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and uh, people who want to Or take this conversation further with me can uh, definitely connect with me on linkedin and okay. uh, i accept most of the relevant requests that come to me and we can sure. take it from that point on sure thank you so much uh, manish it's been a pleasure having you here in my podcast i'm going to put your uh, contact details your linkedin profile uh, contact details in my show notes so that people can refer and connect with you uh, if they want to take the conversations forward we had excellent conversation i hope to have similar such conversations in the future as well manish thank you so much have a good day bye thank you ramji bye have a nice day